0: Hey, don't be strangers. I know know many of us are still apprehensive in coming back to church. You don't have to worry. Come on back. I'm speaking to those on Facebook and on YouTube who are still a little nervous in coming back home. Listen, as as Novlin and and, and they are going back home, you can still come back home here. You know that? You don't have to be worried about anything. Just come on back. We love to have you. We miss you. And here we are this morning, we find ourselves in the book of Psalms chapter 1. The book of Psalms chapter 1, we'll look at the first 8 verses this morning. A very well known portion of scripture, a powerful portion of scripture. I want you to notice the word blessed, that becomes the theme in this text, blessed that bringeth forth its fruit in his season. Notice, in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever, notice, whatsoever, whatsoever he doeth, shall be blessed or prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly Shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. And I want you to think about that for a moment, brothers and sisters, as we begin. He knows your ways. He knows who you are. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're doing. This morning we have a very important text that I want to share with you. I've entitled this message, Don't Let the Yellow Grass Fool You. <laughs> Don't let the yellow grass fool Fool you! Oh, you're going to stay with me and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Now as we begin, we can't help but notice similarities here. Blessed, David uses the word blessed several times. And what we see here is David's version of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. The greatest message ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. And he speaks a lot about being blessed. Blessed, blessed is the man who, blessed is the focus and theme. And when we look at the word blessed, in the English language, it doesn't give much understanding, it's very vague and perhaps nebulous, it's not clear. What does it mean? Everybody seems to be blessed. Oh yeah, I'm blessed, Think I'm blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? We need to ask ourselves that. You see, there's two views in what is blessed, or being blessed. There's the world's view. You might even hear ungodly people use the word blessed. Yeah, I'm blessed, yeah. The world looks at being blessed in a different way than what God says being blessed is. The world says, oh, if I have a big house, if I drive a big car, if I got a nice boat, if I'm making lots of money, if I got a great job, if I, if I get a PhD and I graduate with honors. You know, the world looks at being blessed from a physical perspective. That doesn't mean that that's not true spiritually. God can bless you with those things, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're blessed. There's a lot of people who are very rich, who've got big homes, that I can tell you right now, they might be blessed from the world's perspective, but from God, <laughs> they're not blessed at all. Because their God is their money and their homes and their luxury. No, no, the world has a perspective on what it means to be blessed. And the world looks at being blessed from a physical element, from a physical capacity. But Jesus does not. In the Sermon on the Mount, blessed is the what? The meek, the poor in spirit, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Being blessed, Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. Completely the opposite, the very antithesis of how the world perceives you being blessed. And David speaks of this as well. David's version of the Sermon on the Mount does not deal with the physical realm. We need to understand that. And the premise, of course, is blessed. Being blessed. And the truth is, as I begin, that every blessing, every blessing that you and I have, this is what I want to set as a precedent this morning, every blessing that you have comes from God. Every good gift, James one twenty seven says, comes from above. And the reason why we need to understand that because, because a lot of people don't. And we need to understand that everything we have, even the breath that we breathe, comes from God. That we just take for granted. The fact that we get up from bed and we can walk, comes from God. In fact, Acts 17 says, In Him we what? We live, we move, and we have what? Our being. So everything, that, the very fiber, everything we have comes from God we couldn't function we couldn't survive one day even one step without God and so we need to understand that all of this blessing comes as a result of his grace and I'm going to talk about grace today grace gives birth to blessing grace has two meanings, unmerited favor, but it also means His presence, His empowering presence in your life, His presence, His grace, in Him we live and move and have our being, that speaks of His presence in us, His grace. And here's the problem, we begin with the first problem today, and I'll tell you what the problem is, the problem is that many people don't recognize the grace of God in their lives, why? Because of what they see, what they feel, and what they go through, and so many times you might go through some pain, and you might go through some suffering, and some hardships, and you might say, well, God must not be with me, there's no way God is with me, look what I'm going through, maybe some of you have said that, people seem to focus on their pain, on their problems, They focus on the clouds, they focus how dark the clouds are, how how ominous the waves are, and they're not able to see beyond the clouds. They are naturally minded, they are visually focusing on the now, on the present, and they make their assessment, and they say within themselves, if God is really with me, then why am I going through this? Now I know nobody's ever said that before. They focus on how big Goliath is and not how big their God is. Circumstances, the visual. They're waiting for a grace that will negate their problems. People are waiting for a grace that will alleviate their problems. And because if my problems get settled and the problems have been taken care of, then perhaps I can say that God is with me. They just don't, don't want to go through anything. They don't want to experience. They want the product. They don't want the process. They don't want to feel any pain. They don't want to go through anything. And if there's any kind of trial or any kind of pain, then they'll say, well, yeah, this can't be God. How could this be God? Well friends, let me just set everything clear this morning. That is absolutely incorrect and a false teaching that has come about the last several years where some preach that if you're going through some kind of pain or some form of sickness or some form of hardship, then then, then God, God cannot be with you. Something's wrong with you and your faith. And so they're waiting for a grace that will negate any kind of problem or trial. And you know what I call that? I call that elevator Christianity. What is elevator Christianity? Elevator Christianity is, look, God, just get me to where I need to go through. I don't want to go through any process. I don't want to go through any suffering. I don't want to go through any pain. Just get me to where I want to go and where I need to go and get, let me use that elevator. I don't want to take the steps. I don't want to go through any kind of hardship. Just get me to where I need to go. I want the product, but I don't want the process. I want the cake. But I don't want the recipe. I want a dog, but I don't want to walk the dog. Elevator Christianity. Just get me there. As quickly as possible with no pain or no hardship. Friends, I have a word for you if you're in that situation. And the word is this. With God, there will never be nor are there any Shortcuts, whatsoever. Shortcuts with God do not exist. We, in our humanity, we want to do whatever we can as easily as we can. If it's easy, then I'll try it. But if there's difficulty, we want to take another road. There's no shortcuts with God. There's no there's no drive-through breakthroughs with God. God doesn't own elevators. He doesn't own microwaves. When God deals with us, he puts us in his oven and he puts us on slow bake. When God deals with us, he never uses the elevators. He tells us the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You got to go through the steps. Yeah, you got you got to go through a process. You don't just get there. Listen. The world tells you, just get me, find me a genie in some Aladdin's lamp, and all you got to do is rub that lamp, and poof, the genie appears, and whatever you want, you get. There's a Christianity that preaches that today. Complete lies, deception, and people who preach that are committing spiritual fraud. We don't want any steps. No difficulties, but God has no elevators, and friends, let me say to you, if you have no steps, you will never learn, nor will you ever grow. For the Bible declares, when thou goest through the fire. Not if, nor does it say, when thou goes around the fire. see, You see, we want to go around the fire. We don't want to go through it. Nobody wants to go through it, I understand that. In my humanity, I don't want to go through a fire. I don't want to go through any kind of pain. I want to go around it if I can. I'll do my best to go around it if it's possible. And so some will say, All right, Pastor, as soon as this storm passes, then I know that God is with me. Pastor, as soon as I get through this turmoil, then no doubt God is with me. There's no doubt about it. I've heard people tell me that. I know that I'll have his favor now, that I don't have these struggles anymore. Uh, My friend, that is not true. That's not true at all when you look at the Word of God. The Bible tells us whether things are working out or not, we are still in God's grace. God doesn't operate that way, did not Jeremiah in the 42nd chapter, in the 6th verse, did he not tell us whether it looks good or whether it looks bad, we will still obey the Lord, did not Paul tell us that we are to walk by not what we see, we are to walk by faith, we're not going to be walking by what the clouds are telling me, by, by, by whether the sun is shining. I'm not going to make my decisions because things look a certain way or things don't look a certain way. I cannot operate the way the, way the world operates. I cannot operate in the natural realm by making my assessments and my judgments by what I see or feel. How many times have you heard me talking about feeling? And, I, and again, I have another Christianity. I just talked to you about elevator Christianity. There's another one. There's hot tub Christianity. And that's preached today too. God always feels certain things. I don't feel that God is with me. Listen, whether you feel that God is with you is irrelevant. Do you think Paul felt that God was with him when he was being stoned and beaten? Oh, I feel God's presence. I don't think he said that. As he's bleeding and dying, No, no, friends, we've got to be careful of elevator Christianity and we need to be careful of hot tub Christianity. Popular teachings today in our society and in our world. Life lesson number one is that we all need to take the steps. God doesn't own an elevator. Life lesson number two, the presence of trouble does not diminish the potential for triumph in your life. In fact, it enhances it. Did not Paul say, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph? And he wrote this while he was being beaten. He wrote this while he was in prison. Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. I've got two C's. You see, what you perceive are obstacles. Two O's, rather. What you perceive are obstacles can be opportunities if you have eyes to see. If you have eyes to see, and if you're not being governed by your flesh and your emotions, if you have eyes to see in the spirit realm, your obstacles, your pain, your trials that you are going through, can be opportunities for God's glory to be revealed for God's glory to be seen but when you are guided by your emotions and your feelings you won't be able to see it because you'll enter into the two types of Christianity that I'm talking about elevator Christianity, get me there as quickly as possible and hot tub Christianity with the feelings and the emotions both are not biblical popular Oh yeah! The churches that are growing vastly today ascribe to these two philosophies, which are not biblical. You see, it's a matter of perspective and that's what we see in our psalm this morning. See, you, 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 you can walk in the grace right in the midst of your pain and opposition. You can be walking in grace Right in the midst of all hell breaking loose in your life. Did you know that? Now that doesn't mean you don't suffer. Of course you suffer. Do you, do you, know, do you know that the Bible commands... Do you know the Bible has given us a directive to suffer? Oh, but this is so unpopular. I know that. I, I can just hear. The Bible says in Philippians, it is not only enough to believe, but to suffer for His name's sake. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus calls you blessed when you suffer for righteousness' sake. Now you think about that, you prosperity teacher. You think about that. Because something is learned through suffering. It's all about perspective, isn't it? And every time the devil tries to burn you up and tries to destroy you grace gets all over you his grace will surround you as the mountains are round about Jerusalem as the mountains are round about Jerusalem so is the Lord round about you yes his grace is covering you his grace is protecting you his grace is uplifting you you may not feel it all the time you may not even sense it all the time but that doesn't matter what his word says because the mountains melt where do they melt? In the presence of the Lord. What did we say that grace is? Grace is this empowering presence. Mountains, they melt. I'm not concerned about mountains. I'm not concerned about all these trials. I- I'm concerned about being in His presence. That's what matters, brothers and sisters. Yeah, and I know the bills are mounting. I know that. I know that. I know sometimes sickness gets a grip of us. I know that. Anxiety surrounds us. Anxiety becomes our constant companion. For some of us, pain and trouble, like Joby's become my brother and my sister. I know that, but, but but you're still walking, but you're still breathing, you're still living. What did we say earlier? In Him we live and move and have our being. Listen friends, uh, you're still alive. You still got a heartbeat. For some people, listen, you can still walk. You can still get up. Do you know those people in nursery homes? They would pray if they could just get out of bed. I know that. I got a mother who can't simply just get out of bed. See, friends, I can, I can somehow, I don't know about you, but I can somehow hear it. And you can hear a whisper. When I'm going through the fire of life, I can hear a whisper in the distance, a still small voice. In the midst of the rain, in the midst of the storm, I a still, a whisper, a whisper in my famine, in my time of pain, I can hear it, it's faint at times, it's a still small, but I can hear it as he wraps his arms around me, it's going to be okay, I haven't left you, I haven't abandoned you, I can hear his voice in the midst of my heartache, a whisper saying, be still and know that I'm God. heard the whisper, my grace is sufficient for thee, Paul my grace, oh friends, is there someone who can shout, I'm blessed is there somebody on Facebook here this morning, who can shout that I'm blessed, in Psalm 107 let the redeemed say so it's time to say so, open up your mouth and say so, stop keeping it in all the time, there's no secret agents with God, let the redeemed say so, I'm blessed not because of me I don't deserve his blessing. But I'm blessed because of who he is. I'm blessed because of his grace. I'm blessed because he loves me. Let the redeemed say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm blessed. I've got favor with God. I'm a child of God. I've got royal blood flowing through my veins. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm blessed. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm blessed. He's given me all things that pertain unto godliness. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. If greater is he that's in me than me that's say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm a joint heir with him. I'm blessed with God, not because of me, but because of his grace, I'm his workmanship, I'm his workman, I'm his masterpiece. God calls me his masterpiece. That, Mr. President and Mr. Prime Minister, is what blessed is all about. Not your policies, I'm his workmanship. Wow. I'm one of the crowns of his creation. Whoa, whoa. My God, I'm blessed. I, I, don't, I don't feel it all the time. I know that. I may not even see it all the time. I know that too. But that doesn't negate the truth of how God sees me. My God. My God, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the flood I got three F's for you I'm blessed in the famine and I'm blessed in the fire I'm blessed when the waters are rising up to choke me the devil wants to choke me and the waters that I'm going through according to Isaiah 43 it's not meant to drown me but the devil will take what God's doing in my life to drown me to destroy me and when the waters are rising he will try to drown me but though David said it David said it best in Psalm 18 in his hand who reached down and rescued you me and kept me from drowning because I'm blessed he kept me from drowning he is my God, he is my eternal God, he's my eternal lifeguard, yes only one, the only one who was able to truly walk on water he's the water walking God and that tells me that there's nothing he cannot do, that tells me that he's beyond the natural elements, he can walk on water, that means that there's no obstacles that he faces there's nothing in the natural realm that God Finds difficult or challenging. He walks on water. That tells me that He's the way maker, that nothing is impossible to those who believe because of His grace. His grace, despite all hell breaking loose, I can still sing. That's right. I can still sing. I can still sing songs in the night, Job says in Job 35. I can still sing when it's dark. I don't have to sing like the world only when the sun is shining. I can sing in darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it didn't destroy me. I can still sing. It didn't take me down. I'm blessed when I think about the Lord, what He's done for me. I can't help it. I'm gonna shout. Let the redeemed say so. I'm gonna shout. If it hadn't been for the Lord if it hadn't been for the lord my friends where would you be today oh well, my friends can i ask you a question this morning well those on youtube can i ask you a question some of you on facebook why is it that so many people they get up each morning And they seem to focus in on what is around them. They seem to focus in on their problems. And they complain, and they murmur, and they get off track so easily. Why do you think the Apostle Paul said in Galatians? Melody, you preached a whole series on it. Who hath bewitched you? Who cut you off from running this race? I didn't do much running in in, in school. I didn't do much track. I did a bit. But I did run a few events. And I remember this guy, when I was running... This guy came right and just literally cut me off and I actually fell. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to cut you off from running. Get you off track. Who cut you off? Complaining and you're murmuring. That's exactly what the devil wants. And many times if you heard me say it, what is complaining and murmuring? Nothing but the devil's worship. Did you know that? Because he's allergic to worship and he's allergic to praise. But God isn't. He dwells in the praises of his people my God, I got to praise Him more, let the redeemed say so, oh yes, yes, yes. let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, listen, do you have any breath this morning, then it's time to praise the Lord let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, stop complaining with your breath, and begin to lift them up with your breath, listen, He's given you an opportunity, hes you might look at the obstacles and you think it's miserable those obstacles are opportunities, praise Him those obstacles are going to get you deeper in Him, give Him praise, my friends give Him praise, is that not what Habakkuk did is that not what Habakkuk did what a prophet he is what a prophet he was Habakkuk Habakkuk my friends he lost everything he was another Job he lost his food, his crops, his vines, the oil, everything. His animals died. The man, he had nothing but turmoil, persecution coming. Even his own people rejected him. Habakkuk lost everything. And he had no animals in his stalls. The crops were failing. And what did he do? Did he murmur? Did he complain? Did he get upset? And he had all the right to in the natural realm. But what did he do? Yet, despite all hell. I will praise Him. I will rejoice. My friends, listen to me. It's time to rejoice today. I know COVID is what it is. And some of you on Facebook, you've allowed COVID to hinder you from even knowing and growing in the things of God and you have said look what's happened and you have taken what covid has tried to present and you've used it against your own spiritual walk and somebody has cut you off. God never allowed covid to come into our lives so we can be cut off. Did you hear what I said? God God he allows everything or doesn't allow it. God allowed it for whatever reason. But I can assure you by the authority of God's word, He did not allow it so that you can fade away. He didn't allow it so we can make excuses. How many times do we read in the Bible, God sent a famine in the land not the devil God for a reason and it was the famine in the time of Joseph that caused Joseph to be the prime minister and that caused his brothers and his father to come to Egypt so that Israel would eventually become a nation it was birthed through a COVID through a famine Do you have eyes to see? But you never see Joseph complaining or murmuring, did you? The minute you complain and murmur, you diffuse the power of God to function in your life. You diffuse it. Now watch this. Again, very important. When the Bible says, let the redeemed say so, we're going deeper this morning, we got to... When the Bible says that the redeemed say so, why is this important? Because we need to hear that you are blessed. You need to hear it. The ear gate is extremely important when it comes to the things of God. How can they hear without a preacher? Jesus said, blessed is a man who what? Not only hears but does, but he needs to hear you need to hear he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church hearing is extremely important hearing hearing that you're blessed it's not enough that I'm blessed that's important but I need to speak it out I need to hear something it's got to go through the ear gate so it can enter into my heart so important that you understand that you see you need to hear it for yourself personally you need to hear it, hear it, hear it, speak it out. Amen. Folks, some of us have got, I don't know, something wrong. We Speak it out. Amen. You know, sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm, this is, my wife can tell you this because she'll, I'm preaching and I'm hearing my own words and I'm making a point and I sometimes stop and I get excited and I'm, I realize, wait a minute, I just got blessed. <laughs> I, I, it's not because uh, my my preaching is such a great... I, to, I to do my preaching. It's... I, yeah, that's true. And I I bless myself as, as I hear myself. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, 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 I'm telling you, you know how many times I'm preaching, and I, you don't know that, but as I'm preaching, all of a sudden I get excited, something, something just... I just heard some truth that's resonated with me and it's not because I said it, it's because the word and I'm hearing the word Amen. Amen. do you hear what I'm talking about? Some, you need to hear that you're blessed Amen. that's why in prayer meetings if I, we get blessed when we hear you pray are you with me? when we call congregational prayer meetings that's what it's for. Yeah, you are reaching God, but we're also blessing each other. Need to hear it. Amen. Amen. Gotta hear it that I'm blessed. Because there's so many voices that are coming against me. So many forces that are trying to bring me down. I need to hear it. I gotta hear that I'm blessed. Voices trying to bring me False teaching. There's so much false teaching today that are trying to discourage me and dissuade me. You see, when you speak it out, Blessed is the man that walketh not. Blessed is a man that standeth not. Blessed are the meek, the poor. Blessed are those who, who hunger and thirst after righteousness. When I hear those things, something stirs up within me. You're speaking against those conditions that are coming against to dissuade you and to discourage you. You're speaking against it. Because we're in a battle. We're in a huge battle, and it's important that I hear who I am, to hear the word, because as I hear it and personalize it, I begin to form my thoughts and my life as a man thinketh in his heart. As a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, so is he. Listen, I gotta hear things, and I, I gotta absorb things, and as I do that, things begin to change in my life. Life lesson number three, you have to speak into your position, who you are, and not your condition. And I've said this before, you gotta speak into your position, and not necessarily your condition. And what do I mean by your condition? What you're going through the trials you're experiencing, the pain you're going through, that's your condition. That's what's taking place in the physical realm. And sometimes when you're going through hell, and you're going through pain, and you're going through all kinds of trials and tribulation, the devil plays games. You see? You see what's going on? You're no good. God doesn't love you. You see, if you were... you had God's favor, you wouldn't be going through this, and that's the time when the enemy attacks, when you're down and discouraged, and so you need to speak against that, you need to speak against that condition, and tell the devil, what my position is, and I just told you what my position is, what am I? I'm a joint heir in Jesus Christ, I am a Pluto I'm enriched in him. First Corinthians chapter one verse. I am established in him. I have given he's given me all things that pertain to godliness. I I I am I I am a joint heir. I'm more than you gotta speak your position in your condition. I like that. There should be a song written by that. Brother Philip, can you write a song? Speak to your position rather than your condition? I don't know. But 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 it's true. Speak it out. Open your mouth. Speak. You know. What, you know what the psalmist said. If I fail to remember God, may the tongue in my mouth cleave to the roof of my mouth. In other words, may I become a mute. My God. If I forget, if I don't, if I don't speak, if I don't praise Him, if I don't, my. God. I gotta speak into my condition more often. Gotta remind myself who I am in Christ, not who I am in myself personally, because without Christ I can do nothing. I'm talking about who I am in Christ, what he has done for me, his grace, his grace, his grace, we're talking about his grace, his grace, his grace in us. And I can do all things through Christ and when Paul said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me when Paul says the joy of the Lord is your strength and you rejoice and Nehemiah said to Paul's quote. when Paul is speaking about joy he, the, if, 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 Philippians is what they call the epistle of joy do you know Paul wrote Philippians while he was in jail, beaten and shortly after that he was going to be beheaded for his faith in Christ and he's talking about joy He's talking about joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, I can understand that if you're eating at the king's table and you got servants fanning you with palm branches. But not when you're about to be beheaded. Speak to your condition. And so, brothers and sisters, in our text, we see that there's a grace all over us. That's what we're talking about, but I'm going to give you another G, which is really the main issue here in this text. You need to guard, watch this now, you need to guard, guard that grace. Grace needs to be guarded. Yes, you've got His presence. Yes, you've got His grace. Yes, you've got His favor. I understand that. We've just established that. But number two, I need another G. I've got to guard that grace by how I live. My The grace needs to be guarded by how I function, what I do. In the process, we talked about process. In the process, in our journey, grace needs to be guarded. What I do from day to day. It's extremely important that we... under Bible says to guard your heart. It needs to be guarded. You see friends, the text doesn't tell us what to do first. Did you notice that? David speaks on what the blessed man is not to do. Everyone wants to hear what what a blessed man has to do, but no friends, are you ready for life lesson number four? the real power, the real power is what you don't do the real power is what you don't do, not necessarily what you do blessed is a man who standeth not, who walketh not there's something about what you don't do that is more powerful at times than what you do do And and the psalmist is saying You're blessed if you don't do these things. And there's three things he talks about. And there's only one thing that he talks about to do. But there's three things he says not to do. Isn't that interesting? Normally you would see the other way around. Doing things, doing things, doing things. But here we see what we're not supposed to do. We always want to know about what we need to do. Well, David is saying, here's what you're not supposed to do and as you're not doing this, this is what constitutes grace in your life and you need to guard this what David is saying, the things that you're not supposed to do, it's important because you need to guard against it, there's two paths in life, the broad and the narrow it's very easy to follow the broad path it takes a lot of don'ts to follow the new path and 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 my skeptics and my haters will tell me there you go pastor Dino I've had this comments on on Facebook a lot uh, you, you, you're preaching legalism really so 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 we're supposed to do whatever we want and that's fine and as long as I preach yeah, yeah yeah this guy said yeah because we got freedom in Christ sure did not Paul say in Galatians pastor Melody don't let your freedom cause you to sin We don't like to hear this today because we are absorbing those two types of Christianity elevator Christianity and hot tub Christianity. Now, you won't find this on Google, or these are just names I've made up, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Grace needs to be guarded. Guarded. Today, everything goes. No absolutes. Everything is relative. People trying to distort truth with half-truths to to satisfy their own flesh. And by the way, when people tell me, you're just legalistic, all they're saying is, they they, they don't want anything because they want to justify their own sinful behavior. So call it legalism. That's just for free. I don't know who that's for, but there it is. Everything's okay because of God's grace, they'll tell you. I was witnessing to somebody sharing, that a lady gave me a call the other day, I talked with her on the phone, you, 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 you can't preach like that, where's his grace, you, I said, well, okay, what is grace, she said, well, well, well you know, his love covers everything, of course his love covers everything, but what does that mean, well he, everything's. God will accept that, he loves you, he won't want you, he doesn't want you, li-. and go on, what? so because God loves me, that means I can do whatever I want, even if it's ugly, sinful, Because God's grace? No, friends. God's grace needs to be guarded. I refuse to do anything that caused Jesus to go to the cross for. If everything is grace and everything is fine, then why would Jesus die on a cross? grace needs to be guarded and I'm going to tell you how notice what it says blessed is a man who what? who walketh not did you see that? who walketh not look friends, I've said this before you can't be the bride of Jesus Christ and Satan's mistress and girlfriend at the same time it doesn't work Who walketh not, who standeth not in the way of sinners. There needs to be some kind of distinction. Somebody in the spirit realm has got to draw a line in the sand. There it is. I'm drawing a line in the sand and somebody's got to say, look, you can't cross over that line. Oh, but God's grace. No, 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 no. God's grace doesn't give you liberty to do whatever you want. But God's grace, Father, he loves me, he's going to forgive me. There needs to be a distinction. Let me ask you, when people see you, do they see a distinction? Can they see something different in you? You see, if you're crossing the line all the time because of grace, the world will say, well, there's no difference between you and me. Well, who are you? You're no different than me. if there's no distinction how can you be called the salt of the earth salt is only salt because of its distinction it brings healing it brings flavor it brings life in many ways it heals if there was no substance or distinction to salt it would never be able to do that in fact the Bible says if salt loses its savior what happens it's worthless and if, you, you wanna know fact? If you put salt in water and you keep it there for a while, salt will lose its power and strength. Did you know that? The bite, it's not as strong anymore. When you amalgamate your life with the things of this world, you lose your power, your strength. There needs to be a distinction. Light exposes darkness light is the opposite of darkness there's a distinction there's a distinction and we need to understand that and we gotta draw the line and we gotta say to ourselves I can't cross this I gotta walk in a way that pleases God and so now watch this now I'm gonna go deeper the text is speaking not necessarily about horrific sinners when the Bible says not to walk uh, with, 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 with the ungodly not to sit with the scornful, when the Bible speaks of these things, he's not, watch this now, I don't want you to miss this, this is very important, it doesn't necessarily mean, the counsel of the ungodly, are these these horrific sinners, these people who are living in debauchery necessarily, no, 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 you see, you see friends, that doesn't only mean, that you don't listen to people, that are completely godless, but also people who may not be in tune, with what God is saying, natural people there are a lot of people in the church who are naturally minded are you with me? they they might mean well but they're naturally governed they they, they, they flow in a natural way yes they believe in God but they haven't reached, they're still drinking milk and so they're making their decisions and they're living their life in a natural way natural perspective there are still Christians who are governed by sight and not by faith there are still Christians who are led by their emotions there are still Christians who make assessments by by, by things that the world makes assessments and so, and so if you're going to do that you're not eating meat you're, you're operating the way the world operates and obviously your counsel will be natural your counsel will not be spiritual because many times God's counsel goes completely the opposite in what seems to be natural remember Peter he was trying to protect Jesus from being crucified tried to stop him from going to Jerusalem he was ready to fight with Jesus from going to the cross And, and this is Peter who loved Jesus who was part of the inner circle was trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross he was he was trying to save Jesus and he gave him counsel don't go Jesus don't go Jesus and how did Jesus respond to Peter the inner sequel who was the second person in history that ever walked on water how did he re- get thee behind me satan. satan satan was using peter in the inner circle to dissuade jesus from going to the cross this was the counsel of the ungodly what am i trying to say counsel of the ungodly are not necessarily horrific sinners they could be right beside you in the pew Now hold on to your hats I'm not asking you to look at that person beside you (laughs) I'm not saying that the person beside you is a... I'm not saying that at all what I'm trying to say to you is that the counsel of the ungodly can come from people within the inner circle oh I got a sermon here and we need to be careful guarded even with that Be careful, be careful, you see Peter thought that Jesus should not go because it didn't make sense to him, it didn't make sense, what did I tell you? Natural, natural thinking, natural judgment, natural assessment can still be counsel of the ungodly, because it's natural and it doesn't come from God Yeah, it doesn't come, this counsel is not God-breathed, God-inspired it's only based on the natural, now you might mean well I understand that, and yet your advice can steer somebody wrong your advice can really hurt someone who's really seeking God listen friends, I don't know how many times, I mean I, I remember in my own life I had people try to counsel me, godly people church people when I was going through a hard time and I was contemplating whether I should continue in ministry not sure if I shared this with you before around the 1980s when some of these well-known evangelists backslid my ministry was affected too because I was living, I was full-time evangelism Uh, I I just got married I was hardly, not even $10,000 a year it's not very good to support a family for sure I was struggling big time, the devil came to me, yeah you see, you're not an evangelist. God doesn't care for you, You, God's abandoned you. Give it up. It was exactly at that time that my first love came to me, called sports, (laughs) called hockey in particular. And I had three opportunities within one year or so, year and a half, to play professional hockey. What? What was it at that particular time? What wasn't it before? Because the devil wanted to get me off track. Are you with me? When does the devil come to you? When you're at your highest and when you're at your lowest. You see, Dino, God doesn't love you. You can't support your wife like that. If you're really called to preach, why does nobody want you? Look at you, nobody's calling you to preach. Oh, I had that one, that was a big one. And I said, and people in the church said, Pastor Dino, why don't you go play hockey? What's no big deal. You'll make some money, and you can come back later. I I even had some family members tell me. (laughs) Not once, three different times. Came this close. I was so down and depressed. But there was a whisper in the rain, a whisper in the storm. That you know it's gonna be okay. I found a job at Burks in Montreal and Sherbrooke that during that time. I was selling uh, some of you might know the store, Burks. Yeah. There was a little church in front of me. And I would go there for my lunch breaks and I would pray in the afternoon for lunch. I didn't eat, just prayed, fasted my lunch for several weeks, and just prayed, cried out to God when my And it was in that time that God opened the door. And Pastor Melly, that's when I ended up with John De La Fresta. It was during that time. God changed my life. But the council was, Dino, it's okay, go play hockey. What's the big deal anyway? At least you'll be doing what you like. If I would have listened to these so-called church godly, one was a board member. I would not be here today sometimes ungodly counsel comes from within and you need to be careful, they're not bad people but they're giving you natural counsel natural wisdom be careful of these influences Letting people having your ear gate could be a very dangerous thing. Letting people in hearing what they that could be very, very dangerous. You see, you see whatever or whoever speaks into your life shapes your thoughts whoever speaks into your life shapes your thoughts, that's why it's so important when you have children to speak into your lives early, early because what we're saying and what we're doing is shaping their lives, whoever speaks into your life shapes your thoughts, shapes what you think that's right, that's why the Bible says not to be unequally yoked, we need to be equally yoked, because if you're unequally yoked, you'll be listening to things, bad counsel will direct you, we need discernment that's what I'm trying to say this morning, we We need discernment I believe a man of God needs to have discernment because there's so many voices that are trying to influence you and some of these voices sound really good just like the false teachings today they sound so good and they'll even mention God's love and his grace and there's half-truths to all of that but sounds so good Oh, how we need discernment today. Friends, I've seen people fall away yes people that are connected with others uh, who were not preaching the unadulterated word uh, and they, they, their ears have become a little bit uh, itchy and and they, they, they want uh, new things they want to experiment and examine and see if they're and before you know it they're fading away itchy ears uh, listening to the to the counsel of the ungodly listening to things that are not true I've seen it over and over again you see my friends the Bible is giving us a warning and I give a warning to all of you who are listening this morning, especially in the days in which we live in. The days of Matthew tells us in the last days, Jesus, there'll be false prophets and false teaching, dissuaying and disconfusing people. We're living in these days that Paul preached. In the last days perilous times will come, and many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirit. We are living in these days, and I have a word for many of you. Be careful! careful grace needs to be guarded not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly because often the ungodly are walking in the robes of religion they're walking in the robes of friendship even in the robes of a kiss like Judas that's right be careful be careful Many having a form of godliness but deny his power. Be careful. You see, they might mean well but they're trying to save you from something that God is trying to take you into. Oh, I've got to go deeper. They're trying to save you from something that God wants to take you deeper into. And because they're using natural wisdom, they want to rescue you from that problem because they feel oh, well, they're, they're emotional and there's nothing wrong with that but they want to rescue you so they'll give you counsel that's based on emotions and sentiments can I go deeper? Joseph was thrown into a pit now if you're walking by and you heard Joseph crying what would you do? probably try to rescue him from the pit but God didn't want you or me to rescue him in the pit because that pit was designed for a reason and so and so the Ishmaelites come by they see Joseph they take him out of the pit and they throw him ultimately into prison and from prison he ends up going to the palace what's my point if Joseph was rescued from the pit before the time He would have never got to the prison and he would have never got to the palace. There are times God designs the pits and it gets deeper. You go to a prison and if you're naturally minded, you're saying, oh my goodness, but you need that prison because there's a palace waiting for you that you may not see right now, but if you hold on,
1: if you hold on.
0: people are trying to rescue you from what God wants to put you in for a reason I've seen this absolutely and I'll tell you why because God doesn't only watch now use good things to bless you but often he uses storms and prisons and serpents and famines things that don't make sense oh again this is not nobody likes to hear that do they? But you study the word and be honest and you'll find that to be true over and over again. That's right. Sometimes God's blessings is not by what he gives, oh stay with me, but from what he takes away. Sometimes God's blessing is not what he gives, but what he takes away. If you don't believe me, why don't you ask Job, blessed is the Lord who what? Who gives and takes away. And if you're naturally minded and you are all emotional, and you see somebody going, "Oh, that! Oh no, you can't do that! No, you you want you want to rescue him? God wants to keep him there for a reason." Counsel must never be given by what you see. Look, brothers and sisters. I don't know how a black cow can eat green grass and produce white milk (laughs) can I say that again? I don't know how a black cow can eat green grass and produce white milk but last time I checked that's what happens does that make sense to you? figured if he eats green grass then The milk might be a little bit green, but it's not. It's as white as it can be. Doesn't make sense, does it? Sometimes the counsel of God does not make sense. Look, there are times in your life that you don't need to be comforted. There are times in your life that you don't even need to be protected. No, no, what you need is to go through something, to go through that pit, to go through that experience. Imagine, 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 friends. Yeah, look, look, If it, you, you, there are things that you have to go through, and sometimes natural wisdom will try to keep you from going through that. They'll do whatever you can, like Peter, to keep Jesus from going to the cross, But God has purpose for what you're going through. And so God is saying, I don't want you to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I don't want you to stand in the way of sinners. Be on guard. Be on guard. Oh friends, I believe it's time for us to clean things up. To be on guard. Like Paul said, to walk circumspectly. When Paul said to walk circumspectly, he means watch how you walk. Don't walk in the ways of the world. Be careful where you're going. Be careful what you're doing. Walk circumspectly. Don't get entangled into the things of this world. Walk circumspectly. Paul says walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your vocation. Don't walk like the world walks. You got to walk differently. You got to act differently. You're the salt of the earth. Walk circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. That's what Paul is saying. We need to clean up our acts today, I believe, more than ever because he's coming back for what? A church without spot. Listen, friends, some of you are asking, and, 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 and this is going to be hard, but I'm going to say this is for somebody on Facebook. Listen to me. Some of you are asking, why isn't my family saved? Why is it my husband's not saved? Pastor, I, I don't understand it. have been praying for 20 years. Why is it my daughter? Why, why is it my son? Why is it my uncle? Why, why is it that person at work that I've been praying for? They don't care, they're not saved, they don't, in fact they're getting, why? well, well, can can I, can I make a suggestion? maybe, oh, just, just maybe maybe, maybe maybe, just maybe maybe it is possible that they see something in you that's not consistent with the truth You live one way on Sunday and you live another way on Monday. I talked about hot tub Christianity. I talked about elevated Christianity. There's another one I call yo-yo Christianity. One day you're down, one day you're up. One day you're down, one day you're up. One day you're down, one day you're up. How in the world can they take your Christianity seriously when you operate like a leaf in the wind, when you're inconsistent day and night, that's how the world operates, and, 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 and you, you think they're going to believe what you have to say, when they see no reality in you, or me, now I'm just saying maybe, because sometimes maybe your children, your family are not saved, has got nothing to do with your commitment to Christ, or lack of, but maybe, just maybe, It has something to do with it. They don't see truth. They see how you live and it affects them. Was this not the problem with King David? When Nathan caught him, found that he committed adultery with Bathsheba and murdered, did he not say, David, what did you do? I know you love God, but David, David, you give the world an opportunity to blaspheme God by your life you see Christianity is the greatest example of Christianity that's right, you, your walk, your life Christ in you is the greatest example of Christianity but your Christianity can also be the greatest hindrance to Christianity how do you walk? is what's important how you talk, how you live I know Christians—they laugh at perverted, off-color jokes, and they find that funny. How? What? Walk circumspectly, David says. Guard yourself. Walketh not in this in this way of this. Standeth not, sitteth not, not, not. Three don'ts. That's how you blessed is a man who walketh not who sitteth not who standeth walk not 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 I, I know people don't want to hear that today I know that but I need to walk differently and so the Bible tells us to walk not but, but watch now the third one Blessed is the man who sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. Oh, this is huge! The seat of the scornful. We need to know what does it mean to be scornful. Interesting word. Scornful in the Hebrew, by the way, brothers, it means bitterness. People who sit in bitterness. That's right, scornful means bitterness. God is saying, if you want to be blessed, you cannot be bitter. You cannot be full of scorn. You need to guard against the seat of scorn, scorn, scorn. You gotta watch how you're walking, you gotta watch who you're hanging around with, but you gotta also guard about being scornful, being bitter. It's so easy. To become bitter. Do you know how many people are bitter today? Bitter. Bitter. Bitterness is everywhere. And it's also in the church. It's everywhere. We need to guard our hearts against bitterness. Now it's amazing, because whenever I preach on this subject, someone will say, well, you know, hold on, that's not for me. I'm sure glad that brother so-and-so is here, because they need to hear this. Well, if you're always bringing up the past, if you're always saying things to put people down, You always look at the glass half empty, you're bitter. If you're a person, if someone's rejoicing and having something to say, and you'll say, Oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, but, you know, those people who always have a but somehow, but they know that's no good, but they can you're bitter. You're bitter. You're bitter. Your negativity is birthed through bitterness. Bitterness gives birth to the half-empty philosophy. Ah, that never can happen. That will never happen. That will not, that can't happen. Ah, no, no, no! Always, always having something, uh, no, a wrench into the gears to stop you from doing anything because because it's just not going to happen because you're bitter. You're bitter, accusing. You're scornful. You have a blurred perspective. You're critical little expect people who are bitter have little expectation very little hope listen friends you can't be blessed living with bitterness you've got to let scorn go you can't live with scorn and expect to be blessed listen, whoever you need to forgive sometimes bitterness comes because there's no forgiveness in your life whoever you need to forgive you gotta do it now I don't know who this is for stop waiting for that person to come to you you've got to take the initiative stop bitterness from polluting and ca- cancerous cells depositing all over your body bitterness must go forgiveness must be a part of your life I know he hurt you I know she hurt you I know. I, I, I know they said they would never and they did I understand all that I I know they abused you and I know they said all kinds of evil against you but friends let me tell you something you've got a choice either you're going to allow that bitterness to fester and rob you from knowing God and experiencing his grace or you're going to deal with it and do what Jesus did bless them while they cursed you bless them while they hurt you bless them while they persecute you because you can't be blessed and scornful at the same time you can't it doesn't work not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth it whoever you need to forgive do it now please otherwise you can never be fruitful and that's the principle that God taught Joseph he had two children in Egypt Manasseh and Ephraim his brothers hurt him terribly but God dealt with him his firstborn he called Manasseh which means God's helped me to forget then the second born was Ephraim God's caused me to be fruitful two F's you can't be fruitful if you haven't forgiven and forgotten Joseph would have never been able to say what you meant for evil God meant for good if he didn't forgive his brothers stop justifying why you should be bitter I heard it, oh, but pastor, you don't know what she did to me. Nothing is worth your soul. Are you with me? Because if you can't forgive, God won't forgive. Is that not the word? Nothing is more important than your soul. Let scorn go. It's not worth it. Got to close, I got to close. What time do I got? Yeah, I got, I got a few minutes. And if I didn't have a few minutes, it doesn't matter because I still got minutes. Can I close with, we just talked about the three don'ts, can I give you one do? i got to close with the one do, right? So I'm blessed because I guard my heart in three areas, we just talked about that. But I'm also blessed because I do something. Oh yeah, 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 i got to do something. What does he do? But, despite the scorn... And the the deceitful ways, but his delight, notice the word delight, is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. I'll tell you what makes you and causes you to be blessed. This is the criteria that God gives you, that you know his word. Oh, for some of you, you better start opening up the Bible, and for some of you, you better start doing this blowing away some of the dust and start reading and start meditating because the Bible says I will meditate day and night did you see that? not just day but day and night in other words you are consumed There's a con- day and night did not David say it? David said it David said it he said it he said I'll remember thee upon my bed and I will meditate upon thee day and night. My delight is in your law, in your word. And then in Psalm 37, God says, I will give you the desires of your heart. I had a lot of people, a lot of carnal Christians tell me, that's okay, Pastor, do you know? God's going to give me the desire of my heart. I'm going to get that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem to forget one thing. But, but, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Do you know his law? Are you reading? God? You see, again, this, this, this Santa Claus Christianity, rub the, Aladdin's lamp, here appears a genie, no, 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 his delight is in the law of the Lord, that's his desire, that's his passion, did not Peter say in First Peter uh, uh, chapter 2 verse 1, he said to crave sincerely the milk of the word, I got to start craving God, the word craving the Greek means to desire, I got to start, des- Let me, What you desire you spend time with, when I first got saved, no, I didn't go to church, I didn't have no pastor friend. I was living alone in in a lousy little room. A little room. From here to the wall. And nobody. I got saved. My friend David who gave me the Bible. Sitting at my porch. I lived in a boarding house for two years. And I would be reading the Bible. Meditating day and night. Eight, nine hours a day. Nobody told me I had to read. Or, and I realized when you start hungering after God, the first sign of your hunger is you want to know His Word. That's what constitutes blessings. Do you crave His Word? What's the result of that? Notice verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the river that brings forth fruit in due season. In due season. All in his timing. And didn't you talk about that, Carlton, on Friday? This is what we're talking about this morning, to confirm your word. In due season. Galatians, do not be weary in well-doing. In due season. You shall reap a reward. In due season. could be a month. could be a year. It could be a second. could be a day. It could be 30 years. I don't know. God's in control but the point is there do not rush the season that's a word for somebody do not rush the season I've tried to do that and I failed do not rush the season you just do your part you don't walk in the council you do don't do follow the don'ts and 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 if you're reading and studying and praying and you're seeking God, God don't rush the season God's gonna do something listen don't complain about the winter don't complain about the winter that's what the Bible says yeah yeah you gotta praise Him through the winter don't complain with the tr- Of the winter, where the winter has purpose. Don't let the yellow grass fool you. That's my title. For the true, put that scripture back again, please. Look what it says. Watch what it says. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in disease. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. His leaf will not wither. Leaves wither during dry times. In the winter times, the leaves are gone. In that dry season, the leaves are gone. There's no life. It will not wither. You might feel like you're withering, you might be going through hell. Listen, the sap will come. The sap will flow. The vine will yield its fruit in due season. Your leaf shall not wither. It's emphatic. Despite the winter, despite COVID, there will be fruitful season. That's his promise. So hold on, friends. Now, pastor, wait a minute. Leaves. Leaves. Leaves don't have fruit. Isn't that why Jesus cursed the fig tree? Because there was no figs? Ah yes but what this means that god will sustain you in the winter season in the midst of the pandemic in the midst of winter in that cold season stand firm in that storm you see it wasn't your season yet it wasn't your season yet it wasn't your season to be fruitful God had you in the pit so he can bring you to the prison to get you into the palace it wasn't your season yet you're still in process he that's begun a good work and you shall complete it you're still in process the season hasn't come you're, 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 you're being seasoned you're being seasoned you're in process the dry time has purpose and despite however the joy time God is working he hasn't abandoned you he's preparing you for that moment he's preparing you for that hour he's listen I'm going to tell you something the grass might be yellow but it doesn't mean the grass is dead are you with me? Nadia do you remember this story? do you remember this? when we moved to Moulin Rouge we first moved from Montreal we came to live in Mississauga we pastored um, Howard Park downtown anyway we were living in Moulin Rouge, in Mississauga, we had a little townhouse and do you remember that when we moved in, they started putting the grass later after we moved in and our neighbor Joe, anyway, they put in the grass but Joe was, didn't move into his, condo, his uh, uh, townhouse yet so they put all the beautiful green grass, was outside, but he wasn't there so he didn't water his grass, I was watering it every day, my grass, and it was nice and green he, did, he wasn't there his grass turned so yellow, it looked like straw. Do you remember that at all? Remember that now? I said, poor guys, I thought his grass is dead. It was so yellow, that's why I got this title. It was so yellow, it looked like straw, I'm not kidding you. It was dry, and I, I went to field right near my grass, I said, what is it? And then Joe eventually moved in, and the, the, I think two days later, it began to rain. And, uh, It rained, and then I saw him watering after that, and I I didn't see his backyard for a period. About two weeks later, maybe ten days later, I went into a shock. His grass was completely green. I thought it was dead. Don't let the yellow grass fool you. Don't let the time of your yellow experience, the time the grass seems to be withering. Don't let it fool you. God hasn't abandoned you yet. The rain is about to come. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. His what? Leaves shall not wither. It shall not wither. God has not abandoned us. My season hasn't come yet. Because his word have I hid in my heart. Spring is around the corner. Yes, there's a new season. Logos, spring is around the corner. There's a new season coming. Yes, he's the God of the mountain. And the God of the valley. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the year I've got to hold on. I can, I can see the grass turning. It's a new day. It's a new season. The latter rain is going to be better. And greater than the former rain, my friend. Oh, this joy that's coming in the morning though tears may endure there's joy there's joy a oh, is about to end i can see the i can see the the fruit rising i can see it friends i can see the grass turning oh my god my god something's about to happen we're believing god for great things can you stand to can you please stand with me please stand with me we're going to we're going to pray we're going to worship the lord will you stand with me today stand with me your season your season is coming friends the grass is turning your leaf shall not wither God is about to do something because you've been meditating on God because you've been seeking God something's about to happen I know many of you have been crying out to God Logos you've been crying out something's about to happen don't give up don't give up in the storm don't give up in the rain don't give up the grass is about to turn Listen.